Hello, my name is Ben McCarthy and welcome to this week's episode of Anything But Square. This is the second part of our Fed Films uh, series. I am again joined by Sarah and Luke. How are you guys? Hi. <laughs> Hello team, how are in this episode, we will actually be talking about the next two films uh, that we'll be screening at Fed Square, which is The Little Shop of Horrors on Saturday, the 20th of March from 8pm, and The Original Karate Kid on Sunday, the 21st of March at 4pm. So I think, so we will actually start um, diving into the Karate Kid first because we think that there's quite that there are some pretty obvious similarities between the Karate Kid and Rocky. Hundred percent. I feel like the like you said this the same director, so you knew it was going to be full of montages and and banger music soundtrack. But it's also like Karate Kid was like you know it was it was for the kids of the eighties you know and then Rocky was for the adults from the seventies you know so it was, it was a nice little kind of operation that they did there I rated it yeah it, it you you kind of feel like the Karate Kid is in fact like Rocky's like millennial cousin in a weird way yeah yeah in terms of like it's as I said it's really that new bound kind of you know attitude it's all about winning. It's all about getting the girl. It's, you know, it's so kind of pro-American dream in its, you know, in its own way. And again, like what's actually interesting is is also I think when when you when you look back at it, that that actually kind of shows the different mentality or mindset between, say, the East and the West of America. Because mm. obviously you've got Danny who's from New Jersey. You know, very much used to like the rough and tumble of life shown, you know, in Rocky in Philadelphia. And then, you know, he goes over to California and it's much more of that kind of surfer dude, may or may not be superficial outlook on life. And just seeing him trying trying hard to assimilate and to and to and what what like what like whilst also feeling slightly out of touch you know which which again comes back to you know i think um danny as that scythe as that um as that representation of the 1980s america yeah, they did well for so i was gonna say something a bit more controversial though i really liked rocky as a person daniel sun i wasn't a fan of <laughs> i wanted johnny to win in the fight i didn't want daniel Sun to win well it's interesting because um, I think there's there's definitely there's definitely a scenario there where people they do lean against Daniel Sun. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like there was like if you look at him, he's a bit of a pest at times. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was annoying. I was like, oh god, why would she go on a date with him? He's just annoying. <laughs> now, what was her name? What was the the actress was Elizabeth Shue? That's I remember right. her. She was in so many like 80s TV shows and movies. She's also, um, I remember her specifically from, um, do you guys remember that awesome movie, The Saint with Val Kilmer? She's in that. That's not an awesome I always enjoyed The Saint. I thought The Saint was a great place, especially <laughs> especially because it was it was so bad that it was good. You know, when he's not he's, a no, he was just like that. Gun, he was never one of my faves. Val Kilmer's was like, you know, when he, in that movie when he's he's like sitting down there pretending to be an artist and he's sitting, and she comes down to look at the sculpture and she's about to walk off and he's like, do you like 
they're just like, what? Like, do you like it? The sculpture, do you like? And he's trying to be this like foreign dude with long blonde hair and he gets up wearing those leather pants. <laughs> it's so bad. Everything is awesome. So <laughs> just a traveler trying to find my way. God, it's terrible. And you know what? You're probably right, Ben. It's pretty garbage. Yeah, she 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 was in um leaving Las Vegas with Nick Cage, basically oh, helping yes. Nick Cage, basically helping Nick oh, Cage to, to drink himself to death. She was in cocktail too. Yeah, yeah. She was also in that um that re um the kind of quasi remake of the Invisible Man, which is which is called Hollow Man. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was that's a really outlandish movie. It's outlandish. You know. Yeah, oh, oh it's great. ridiculous. Yeah. And also, oh, it, because it was Paul Verhoeven who also did the original RoboCop Starship Troopers, which I think is one of the oh, best films yeah. of the 1990s. And lastly, she was in the remake of Piranha, which is easily one of the best guilty pleasures in the world because I saw that in the cinema and I laughed the whole way through. It was so much fun. Oh, that really, that really- was- I gave me the creeps. I still can't get in a pool at night time without thinking there's going to be piranhas coming out. <laughs> piranhas, mate. That's a throwback, eh? Uh, it's of, of, of the same yeah. kind of era as Anaconda. Do you remember Anaconda? Yeah, Anaconda. Yeah. Was, Lopez. Was Jennifer Lopez, Lopez, that's right. And it had... Um... Ice Cube. <laughs> yeah. What a cast. Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube in the Amazon being attacked by... Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson's in there too. Wow. Um, what about old um, Angelina Jolie's old boy? He's in the mix, isn't he? Isn't he the bad dude? Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's. Uh, the, the, yeah. I always just remember that scene at the end where he gets swallowed by the snake, and then he gets basically regurgitated out, and he's still alive, and he winks as he hits the deck. Yeah, it's yeah. good value. Um, but yeah, Karate Kid. Just actually following up on Sarah's point, she actually it, it's a really good point about obviously Daniel appearing to be a very a potentially unlikable character because that also feeds into the Cobra Kai the recent Cobra Kai series you know and seeing it from Johnny Lawrence uh, Billy yeah 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 and kind of like see like seeing it from his perspective um now I have to say I have not seen Cobra Kai yet I've seen a few of the episodes and Let's just say Daniel's son hasn't aged well. Has <laughs> <laughs> he not? Has he? Has he taken a few? Has he taken a few crane kicks to the face? Yeah, yeah I think he's, he's had a few cranes to the face. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just. I don't know. Maybe it's a Ralph Macchio thing. I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I don't. I don't think you can ever get a situation when you get somebody who's been more typecast in his life in terms of his short career, but not even his short careers. I mean. Like he's he's just the karate kid, right? That's that's. Mm. I, I, I don't even know another film where, apart from being probably a piss take because he's the karate kid, he features as himself. Yeah, I don't <laughs> do any either. What other films he's done, I have no idea. But I think if I'd if he was in any of them, I probably wouldn't have seen them just because. Wasn't I don't he like on a him. roast <laughs> recently? You know those was the, he? the comedy roasts. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure he's, he's, he he was he was on a, a comedy roast and obviously he just got skinned alive. Um, I don't know. I think it might have been a, was it of Rob Lowe. I think it was Rob Lowe's one. He was just like a like a person that was there as like a roaster, but obviously like you know 
it, he, <laughs> he he took a few brutal hits, put it that way. Like going back to what you said, mate. Um, no, I haven't seen it. I've heard mixed reviews of the new stuff on that new series on Facebook. Um, there's mm. some people, some people that really like it, and some people, yeah, uh, I think it's garbage. Well, I, I mean, look, other than the obvious tie-in being that you know it's about Cobra Kai and things like that, and it's got the two main characters from Karate Kid in there being, you know, Daniel Sun and and um, Johnny. I mean, it's not too far removed from the movie, but yeah, I think I just, I just always want Johnny to win. I, I liked Johnny. I always felt bad for him in the movie. It's like he's being forced to be really mean. But you know, I always like the baddies in movies. I always, I'm the, always that person who is like going for the person that everyone's like, "How can you like that person?" I'm like, "That, no, that's my favorite. I like the baddies." <laughs> He's not a bad bloke. He gets a pretty tough deal. You know, he's just broken up with his missus. He's obviously going to have a bit of a hang up on his, bit of a chip on his shoulder about it. Uh, you know, it's his last year going to senior, uh, going to be a senior, and uh, then all of a sudden Daniel's son comes down there and starts just offering offering shit chat and coming onto his missus. So no wonder he gets his back. Probably a really stupid question, but his name's not actually Daniel's son, is it? It's Daniel Dan. Yeah. And then just because yeah. Mr Miyagi calls him Daniel's son, correct? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never yeah. called him. Yeah, I don't know anyone that refers to him as Daniel from the karate. Game. It's always Daniel Sun. I like Daniel Sun as well. It's 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 funny because um, I mean I guess the one of the other un- underlining tones in, in the movie is the the father son aspect, which is between Daniel Sun and Mister Miyagi. Um, you know, he obviously travels down there with his with his mum and Mister Miyagi. Has the 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 family operation that you know obviously doesn't exist anymore, and, and he's Mr. Miyagi is actually just a he's actually just a really lovely old man, you know. Apart from you know making him clean his car and the house and everything and do some painting, but but yeah, no, you know he's good value. Like you know, he gives gives him a car for his birthday, fixes his bike, and all all the while, Daniel Sun's still got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. So you know, I'm actually kind of leaning towards where you are these days, Sarah, and. Kind of not liking him. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking in the movie. I was like, you've just been given a car. Like, what have you got to sook about? Stop being so whiny. I remember when I saw the movie years ago, and I've seen it a couple of times since, Um, everyone's like, oh, go Daniel's son. And I always felt bad because I was like, I don't want him to win. And people were like, what do you mean? Well, I did actually um, take karate classes. And I will say oh, the only thing that made me think Daniel's son was impressive, I was like, how did he go from being no karate experience to a black belt in essentially what looked like a few weeks? Well, it took me six months to get my yellow stripe. I don't know how he got to yeah, yeah. like this oh. level of about 20. I mean, could you, would you argue the same thing with Rocky? Like, you know, they say that obviously Daniel Sun has done a little bit of karate when he was living back in the East, but obviously very minimal because he gets – thrown around quite a bit early in the film. Um, but you're right, he definitely just jump, jumps to did black belt. Did he do karate when he was in New Jersey? I thought he came and he was like a Well, like he, he's, he says that he did. Like there's a look at like, oh, wow. yeah, because <laughs> Mr. Miyagi comes in to fix fix the tap in the house and that's when he sees daniel son and daniel Sun's is doing like, he's like doing those kicks. Remember that scene where he's just like, and then I think that's when Daniel Sun, re- sorry, Mr. Miyagi realizes that, you know, oh, he's got a little bit of a background. Terrible technique. Maybe I'll make him go paint my house and we'll see if we can fix it. <laughs> to be fair, I was actually, I was impressed with his painting and the whole, 
backyard um, landscaping skills that seem to have come about across the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's probably what he did in real life, Ralph Macchio. He probably actually went away to create, create it in landscaping business because <laughs> definitely, he definitely couldn't act. The other thing I was going to say was, do you know what I, do you know what I picked up on? Um, and because I, I rewatched it again recently, uh, was there's a scene at the start when they're walking into their their new kind of uh, apartment block, and he meets this guy, and he gives a bit of rundown, and he meets this old lady who's got a dog. Do you remember that by chance? The old lady is the old lady from Happy Gilmore. It's it's Gilmore's grandma. What? I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's unreal. Like, younger grandma of, of Happy Gilmore. My favourite part of Karate Kid, if I'm really honest, was the song, the song from Chicago. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. What was it called? Which the song? Band? I think it's called Glory of Love. Remember the song that they played through the – I think they only played at the ending credit. Do you know the song I'm talking about? Um, it starts with um, 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 we're always meant to be. I don't want to sing this. I'm gonna make people's ears bleed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of love that lasts forever. Do you know that song? Uh, I, I, I'm gonna have to get it up yeah, and, and listen to it after this. I don't think my yeah. is doing it justice. <laughs> nah, because those that's well, that's one thing about these eighties flicks is just the soundtracks are next level. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I think it's I think it's mm. because the in a way the the music from these bands has obviously stuck around to present day. Whereas if like you name me a couple of songs from a comedy from two thousand and twelve, yeah. I can't tell you anything. Not a chance. But these these iconic mm. tracks, like even like right down to some of the scores and stuff, like. Kenny Loggins with Danger Zone, you know, like those songs are there. And Elmo's Fall. Kokomo. Yeah, Kokomo from Beach Boys for, for yeah, Cocktail. Kokomo I think you mentioned Cocktail yeah, before. Kokomo. I got out These, my sarong. Yeah. <laughs> Pretended I was like shaking cocktails, which is super appropriate for a grade six concert. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the drinks thing, it's like I'll let you throw in a quick I am DB fact in there which I found quite interesting. So originally, um, Clint Eastwood's son, Kyle Eastwood, auditioned for the role of Daniel LaRusso. When he obviously didn't get it, Clint then banned all Coca-Cola products from the set of his movies because at the time, Columbia Studios were owned oh, by wow, Coca-Cola. That's, that's a bit um, – he's obviously a bit bitter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've got one for you. So what's more famous in terms of finishing kicks in 80s movies? Would you go the crane kick, obviously in Karate Kid, or would you go with one of the three Jean-Claude Van Damme's spectacular roundhouse <laughs> kicks to the face in Bloodsport? <laughs> you know when he finishes off? I think it's Chong Lee is that real bad dude in Bloodsport. Yeah. Three simultaneous roundhouse kicks to the face. Well, yeah, I would definitely go with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Because he's screaming because and he's blind. That, yeah. And the other thing, too, is obviously, you know, every single Jean-Claude Van Damme movie after that, there's always a roundhouse kick, either <laughs> to the face or to the chest. Even in Blumen was Expendables 2, where he was a villain in that one. He actually roundhouse kicked a knife into Liam Hemsworth's that's, chest. That's the muscles from Brussels, mate. That's what he does. Anyway, so obviously the Karate Kid will be showing at Fed Square on Sunday, the 21st of March at 4pm. And the next film, 
uh, or, or I should actually say that the film we'll be playing on Saturday night is the cult classic musical adaptation of Little Shop of Horrors, which is about a meek flower shop assistant, Seymour Pines for a co-worker, Audrey. During a total eclipse, he discovers that an unusual plant he names Audrey, which feeds only on human flesh and blood. The growing plant attracts a great deal of business for the for the previously struggling store. After Seymour feeds Audrey's boyfriend, Oren, to the plant after Oren's ac- accidental death, he must come up with more bodies for the increasingly bloodthirsty plant. So uh, I think I've only seen this film like once. It's almost in the same vein as the Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. as those one-of-a-kind like musicals that kind that kind of walks that tightrope between being absolutely ridiculous and far-fetched but it creates its own environment and its own reality just for you to be absolutely like transported yeah. to and and it wears all of its quirkiness you know on its shoulders it's really it's a it's it's a positive movie rather than it being you know, steeped in realism. I mean, obviously, just the notion of a flesh-eating plant and a guy trying to satisfy that flesh-eating plant is funny. It's in a itself. very strange, a very strange plot um, for a horror space yes. musical. Uh, but you're right; in its own way, it's become iconic because of that. Right? Not to mention it's ridiculously mm. amazing cast for the time. I also find it interesting that they've <laughs> that they've got this is all happening in Skid Row. It's not exactly the nicest place to be. Do you know what I mean? To have a flower shop, it's it was a, it's a very interesting flick. Uh, I yeah, mm. I, I I've somewhat enjoyed it though. Uh, again, like like you said, Ben, I I hadn't seen it for a long time, um, so I actually watched it again properly last night, um, purely mm. so I could have a bit of banter when it came to this podcast. I'll tell you something that is quite funny. Um, at least I think it's funny. I watched this on video when I was really young, and the reason that it was I was allowed to watch it was because do you know that there's a tie-in with one of our other summer films? That'd be Labyrinth, Sarah. Yeah, that's right. It's a Jim Henson movie. So you know, um. my parents thought it was like a little puppet thing, like Labyrinth, and we're like, oh yeah, perfect. We'll pop our seven-year-old dad in. <laughs> I mean, I think for some reason they couldn't figure out why even now as an adult I have an aversion to gardening. I'm like, you scarred me as a child. That's why. I was watching a movie where plants eating people. So, um, yeah. so, you know, I haven't seen it. I'll be really honest. I don't think I've seen it since I was maybe like 10. It's been a really long time. I remember it had um, another 80s classic actor, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is, he was, he was uh, just, he was an actor of the 80s, wasn't he? He was in so many. Mm. Honey, I Shrunk the Key. That's, Parenthood. yeah. So many. I didn't realise that it had Bill Murray in this movie. Yeah. And so you're right, because obviously those guys worked with each other, um, it would have been a couple of years prior with the first Ghostbusters. Yeah. And let's be fair, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, you shouldn't have a pulse. But <laughs> Lewis, Lewis, Lewis Tully. <laughs> Lewis Tully, yep. the character that he plays in Ghostbusters, is one of my favourite characters. Yeah, same. I love him. Like, he, mm. he is hilarious. He's, he's actually gold because who is he? He's the key master in that he movie, isn't he? Key master. Yeah. Yeah. 
so like I, I the reason why that I find Rick Moranis really fun in Ghostbusters is that even actually before he becomes a key master, he's always that neighbor that we have all had at least once in our lives. Like that yeah. person that we live next door to or in the same complex. That you try to who's that yeah. really kind of <laughs> Yeah. 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 And that to me yeah. is just oh it's too good. It's yeah, too good. Yeah, I reckon you've actually smashed that out of the park. That's a that's it's a fair statement. And I'm dealing with one of those at the moment who happens in my apartment happens to be part of the owners corporation. So he's, so he's always giving me like like he's like, you know, slipping me inside word about when they're putting new you know, lighting fixtures down in the garage. I'm like, mate, that, that's wonderful. But really can't deal with, you know. He's like, just between me and you, they're opening up the ninth floor in a couple of weeks. Don't tell anybody I told you though. I'm like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> just trying to get just, such a just trying to get him over each thing. Telling everyone you know about, you know, the new light fixtures in Another funny one, a combination in this movie, is um Steve Martin and John Candy. Yeah, there's name me another film. Name me, name me another famous film that they're in. Uh, oh, um, oh my god, that's correct. Which we also showed at Fed Square last that's year right. before Christmas. That's right. Yeah, you should definitely give it another another watch because they're both they just they both work really well off each other. And there's some genuinely funny parts in that movie, especially when they're getting picked up by I can't remember some somebody's son, and he's a hillbilly. And he's got like a like his wife in the car who's holding the baby, and he's like, "Get out the car and pick up their luggage." And he's like, "I oh, know we're all good, we're all good." But anyway, I won't go. But he's they're constantly spitting out tobacco. Oh, it's a funny. And he's like doing the whole like that. Oh, it, it's 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 horrible. But you've got it. Yeah, give give that a walk. two things to walk away from today is YouTube, Lewis Tully, and then obviously get on there and watch a couple of highlight reels from Transplants and Automobiles. I mean, when you look at this as a lineup of, of uh, you know, of actors, this movie is it's, the lineup's insane. Like it's got so many well-known characters um, and and actors that are playing them. Um, I'm surprised it's not. I mean, it's one of those, like you said, Ben. It's a real pop culture sort of classic, but I would say it's probably less mainstream than a lot of the other ones. Like most people would have seen Rocky Horror. Um, I don't know a lot of people. In fact, I've asked a few people in the last week if they've seen Little Shop of Horrors and they're like, no, they didn't know about it. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. So it's, it's, I think it's. I'm actually excited that we're showing it on a Fed Square because I think there'll be a few people that may not have actually seen it before and it's such a sort of classic film. Jim Henson, great lineup of characters, really cool sort of unique story about, like you said, Luca Flower Shop in the middle of Skid Row. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and like the music as well is really it's just, it's like a big mishmash of all the cool things that were sort of around in that time. So, and you're exactly right. I think it's definitely worth worth getting down and watching it purely for the entertainment value and and like you said, the lineup. Not to mention that they actually all managed to, to to like you know they do well to hold their vocals. Most of them are quite good at singing. Um, I mean, obviously the plant's the best because it's the lead. The lead artist for this, the lead man from the Four Tops. What's his name? Livy. I can't remember his last name. But you know, the Four Tops. They had they had a bunch of bangers. He's the vocalist for the for the plant. Audrey? It's definitely Audrey too. The plant. Audrey too. That's right. So, Audrey too. And yeah. there, there's not many horrors you can yeah. show. Yeah, unfortunately. No. Yeah. 
No, um, no. Otherwise, you know, um, yeah, it's it's that really weird fine line of actually just showing any horror movies. I feel it's this one and even something like Ghostbusters, which is which is a little bit of a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's a very comfortable yeah. horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, this is the thing, this is what we were talking, we touched on this last week. Some of the things that you see in films back then, like that, they wouldn't have thought two seconds about having a dentist that's getting high on his own laughing gas and so that. Nowadays, <laughs> the semi, because what is this? What's the rating for the shop of horrors? Is it M or is it PG? Do you know? Uh, and, oh, and, see, I thought it was a PG. Well, there you go. Again, shows my parents were clearly not paying attention <laughs> when they hired the video for me to watch as a seven-year-old. <laughs> but um, I think some of the, the some of those themes that you see in eighties movies, you'll just probably never see again in um, you know, in a fun film where the dentist is getting high on his own, his own laugh. Yeah, and, and and getting pleasure out of just ripping people's teeth out. It's quite that's quite funny, but Bill Murray's character is a is an interesting part of the film. Do you remember that whole scenario, Ben, from from watching that? Uh, yeah, because because if I remember correctly, he was I think his his original theme wasn't actually supposed to have any dialogue. He was he was just there just to go in and sit in the dentist chair, but but obviously with Bill Murray being Bill Murray. He couldn't help but riff, couldn't <laughs> yeah. help but improvise, which then presented a bit of a challenge to the editor for them to create a coherent version of that scene. Wow. Um, which, yeah, which, in a, which, again, which is funny where it's like when you think about it like that, um, again, you realise how hard of a job editors, like, have you know, to try and like keep things like together. And the other thing too about Little Shop of Horrors is that it's it's a really it's it's a very well made musical. Mm. Like in terms of you know, all like all of the musical numbers, you know, are very uh, you know are uh, are very well choreographed. And it's and it and it has a and it has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Rather than being the kind of musical where you feel like it's actually made up of like 10 different music videos that are just stitched together to find, then make I mean, a film. If, if anything, if it speaks volumes, that Miss Piggy was the director, you know, Frank Oz. He's the director. So, And, you know, the whole Jim Henson thing, a lot of his movies tended to have those musical pieces through it, you know, Labyrinth. He had Bowie singing and a bunch of people. I think actually, if I'm correct, wasn't the song, one of the songs I'm pretty sure was Oscar-nominated. From memory, there was like some controversy around it though. I remember there was like um it was nominated and they weren't sure if it should be like, but there was a reason why, and I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was like the I don't know if it was the subject or they didn't think that that movie should have been had an Oscar nomination attached to it, but it was, yeah. So that song, so that song's called Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if the, oh. if the problem wasn't necessarily the song itself, but because of how the Oscar, just ju- just actually how the eligibility of the categories work for the Oscars, because it's technically not an original song, because it came from the off-Broadway show, which happened before the film. Yeah. There was probably those arguments around, well, technically it's not an original song. It was already pre-existing. Yeah. You know, and they, you know, doing whole back and forth like tedious arguments. Yeah, I remember um, it being nominated because they had to perform it. You know, at the Oscars, they have to perform 
the Oscar-nominated songs across the night. Great, great, um, great selection of songs again, you know, that sort of thing you learn to take away from 80s. We should do a Fed Classic Summer Films Spotify list of all the classic songs that appear in all of the... I'd love to know what their situation is with the Oscars. I'd love to. I'd love to go and, and go away from this and have a wee look and see what what the what the scenario was with that song. Yeah, there was. I remember there was. You know, everyone was talking about it shouldn't have been nominated. You know, there was. Yeah, there was an issue around it. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, they definitely performed it. So. Um, Little Shop of Horrors will be playing at First Great on Saturday, the twentieth of March at eight pm, and that brings us to the end of our Fed Films podcast episode. I'd like to thank um, Sarah and Luke for joining us today. And we will be back in uh, in around about two weeks' time to discuss Stand By Me Yay! and <laughs> Two huge bangers. Uh, but yeah, get down and get around it. Get down and get around those two films, especially Karate Kid. <laughs> thank you, Daniel-san. <laughs>